0: to get together we pray your blessings on this time you certainly want your presence Uh, we want to be about your business see what your spirit is doing in our congregation and what is on your heart for this year so be with each one who's going to speak be with those who are listening and i just pray this would be a great encouragement to all in jesus name amen all right well we are going to jump right into it we have a lot to do today Um, Sue's coming up for the budget. Thank you, Sue, for everything you do for us. We are grateful.
1: Good morning. I'm actually going to start with um, just a real quick review of last year. Um, It's weird to say 2017 is last year. All right, so um, the summary for last year is the sheet of paper that has all the charts on it. Um, And uh, the first box shows what, um, so we were supposed to bring in $7,651 a week in order to make the budget. Um, Last year was uh, one of the unusual years where we had 53 Sundays. And actually, interesting enough, next, this year, we have 53 Sundays too. So, um, the first column shows um, that amount, that $7,651, multiplied by the number of weeks in that particular month compared to what we received. January is always a a bad month. Everyone's kind of recovering from December and all the giving in December. Uh, But as you can see, we started out the year not too bad um, in terms of we we were actually over almost 500 in February. In April, we were only under by $117. And then it got progressively worse. Um, September was a good month. Uh, we came over almost $6,000. But October was the worst month of the year where we were under by $9,000. And the thing that's difficult, I mean, we, we're kind of in this pattern where you know, by the fall, we're not doing well at all. And then we kind of make it up in November and December, which is really great that we make it up. But in October is when we do our budget, and we're trying to figure out what we should do for next year. So it always makes budgeting for the following year um, a little bit of a a challenge. But the end result was that we actually brought in $10,000 more than what was budgeted. and it's more than what, what was reported before, and that's because there was some, some more money that came in through the mail. Um, so, but what really matters is how we do compare to our expenses. And so the expenses, the, the comparison to the expenses is in the chart below. And we actually overspent this year by just under $2,000, so it wasn't very much. Um, So that's why, when you compare it to the expenses, we came ahead by $8,000. And then there's a real quick summary of how the money was spent below. Um, So, if you go back to the next column, all the way at the top, that shows how much money we had in the different accounts at the end of the year. So we started with uh, we started this year with seventy-four thousand dollars in the checking account, which is really good. Um, but we need a good portion of that money for the cash flow throughout the year, because as I talked before, when we bring in less than what we're spending, we need to have that money in the bank in order to cover the expenses. Um, the and um, there. We're going into a transition year, and a transition year, uh, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, in terms of um, attendance, in terms of finances, and stuff like that. So a lot of times, a transition year is hard financially for the church, uh, for a church. Hopefully it won't be for us, but the fact that we have $74,000 in the bank should help us if that does turn out to be true. So we're in a good place uh, right now. Uh, We have about $80,000 in the savings account. Uh, The savings account is used for money that has been earmarked for something that isn't a part of our our regular spending of our budget. So over half of that amount is the money that has been raised so far for the um, pew replacement. And you can see below that the breakdown of what the money has been earmarked for in the savings account below it. Um, and then below that is how the, how the money tends to come in. Um, we're in a trend where less and less of the money is, it, I mean, the money that's collected on Sunday is the largest amount that we, we get, but the trend is that's getting less and less and more and more money is coming in through the mail and through electronic transfer. We have two ways of transferring money electronically. One is where, um, where I'm told um, I want this amount to be transferred into my account every month, and this is the amount, and it just happens automatically. Um, the other is through PayPal, so those are the two ways that um, we get money electronically. Uh, The only thing I would say about the electronic transfer is there is a little bit of a fee when that happens and uh, not significant, but um, I'm just saying that because if you do want to give that way, if you want to add just a little bit more to cover the fee, that'd be great, but it's not a huge amount. So the next section gives us a detailed summary of 2017, but it also has the budget of two thousand eighteen. Um, so I'm just going to go through and highlight certain sections or certain items on there. Um, in the first section, the new life ministry and missions, there is a new line for training, um, where you know this is for being able to send staff or church members to training somewhere or um, to be able to buy um, videos for training or different things like that. Um, Under the regional and national ministries, um, the Blankenbeckers and George Petrella are slowly being phased out, and so that is why the amount is less. Uh, This is done over a course of a number of years. Um, so it's not immediate. And there is a new line on there, which is Jesus Children Fellowship. So Jesus Children Fellowship is a ministry that has been going on at this church for a long time. Um, they um, reach out to kids in the neighborhood. And they are younger than, the, uh, typically younger than the kids that start out in youth group. And the Wallaces who have been running that ministry um, have retired. And so we are hoping to be able to pick that up and try to keep the ministry going. And so that's what that line is for right there. Um, In terms of international missions, um, our missionaries got a 2% uh, increase. Same with the staff. Now, the staff section is a little confusing, so... I'm going to go over that a little carefully. So, as I said, we're in a year of transition. John is leaving in April, but he is technically going on sabbatical. And uh, so we're actually... He's on the payroll through the middle of September. And so the new pastor will not start until the middle of September. And so there are... um, Three staff positions that are affected by, um, of course, there are going to be some major changes um, around the middle of September. Again, we don't know. Hopefully, it will be the middle of September. Um, And so one is the the pastor's positions. So one of the things that the elders are hoping to do um, with the new pastor is to make the two salaries, Tim's salary and the new pastor, more equal. Um, we, these numbers are not set in stone, but they're in there, um, both of their salaries are in there for the same around, the same amount starting in the middle of September. Um, the other position that is probably going to change is, the, um, is Cheryl's position, the administrative assistant. Um, she is not full-time right now. She's 25 hours a week, and we'd like to make that position full-time. Um, there's a number of things that she will be doing more. Uh, for example, um, doing a lot more of the administrative stuffs to free up the pastors so that they don't have to do so much administrative uh, work. And then she's also going to be taking over uh, some of the treasurer position, um, more of the day-to-day type stuff. I still will handle the reporting and... Um, You know, reviewing and the payroll and the taxes, but she would be um, paying the bills, which she actually is doing right now, and um, taking care of the deposits. Okay. On the next page, um, there's not a whole lot of changes um, until you get down to the office position. So we've been using our office supply line. As a catch-all so if something if we spend money on something and there isn't a line in the budget we just put it under office supplies so we're trying to be a little bit more um, accurate in terms of how the money is being spent so that line has been split out so um, there's some additional lines in there like software and payroll services uh, holiday decorate items and decorations visitor uh, supplies So there's some additional lines in there. Um, that's why the supply line is lowered because the money is now showing up on those other items. And let's see anything else. I think that's the, um, main stuff. So our, if you notice, um, so we brought in four thousand four hundred and fifteen thousand dollars uh, In 2017 as it turned out we um, we had no idea how much money we were going to be bringing as it turned out the budget is four hundred and sixteen thousand dollars so it actually is only a thousand dollars more than what we brought out brought in in 2017 so um, our target for each Sunday now is seven thousand eight hundred and fifty three dollars so questions I know it's a lot Yes.
0: Thanks, Sue, for all your work. Really appreciate that.
1: What are the annualized salaries for the new pastor and uh, Tim? 60,000.
2: I'm just wondering if we have a new pastor that has less experience than Tim, would we keep them even? It seems like with Tim's experience that would he would get more. <laughs>
1: That's why I'm saying those amounts aren't set in stone. We don't know enough yet to know how to divide up the money. Okay. So for now, we just put the same amount
3: in both. Thanks. Got to get a two-for-one question here. Um, is there something that goes into the phone expense other than um, just the phone line? It seems like I, I'm not used to handling business phone costs, but that's like $360 a month for a phone.
1: It's only the phone. I don't, I don't know enough in terms of why it's that amount. Sue, I have a question um, regarding um, Cheryl. She, in addition to being the office administrator, is the building administrator as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, Neef, who is our um, the person who actually does a lot of the repairs and stuff like that, um, kind of shares that responsibility with her, but so she's not doing it completely, I don't think. Okay. And um, the other question related to that, would her salary, their current salary reflect those, those two positions? Yeah, that this current salary reflects that and also... Um, having her be full-time and the final question then I'll give the microphone back unless I missed it I don't see a stipend in there for you is there one in there or did I just miss it there is one and I get a thousand dollars a year somebody just told me where it is so I did miss it thank you okay, a couple more
4: um, so I noticed that there's
0: a—this uh, is probably to Tim or some, someone— uh, but I noticed there's a, a five-fold difference between ministry and mission and the category of personnel, and I need somebody to help me think about that. Um, you know, it seems like ministry and personnel is more ministry to us on the inside rather than uh, uh, mission outward and um, I'm trying to deal with that myself in our own finances at home so uh, I just that's a question
1: I mean I'll take a stab at it and then um, I think for the most part you're, it's true um, that the, um, most of the work that the staff does is for the congregation but there is um, more and more A desire to have them be involved in outward ministry too so I know for example children's ministry there's you know special events that happen for uh, the neighborhood and the hope is that with the new pastor that outreach will be so the responsibilities for the pastors have been divided up into five sections and I'm not going to remember them off the top of my head uh, but one of them is outreach, and so there is a expectation that the pastors will be more involved in outreach. Uh,
5: yeah. Uh, right.
6: Okay.
5: Uh, uh, I'll ask a word.
6: Okay. So um, my question is: Is there anything that we are doing or can do to um, make the amount that we give our missionaries more? Even can we raise the two younger families and why is it why is there such a difference
1: um, well the way that they're in the budget right now is that I mean we gave them a two percent increase so we didn't like sit down really and talk about um, what well, should they be distributed differently um, in the past uh, we have taken recommendations from the missions task force Um, so if there really is a desire of um, having the amounts be changed then uh, my suggestion would be to talk to the global mission task force and have that request come through them because they're in uh, contact with the missionaries and so they also have a much better understanding of what their financial needs are
0: Uh, That's all we have time for now. We're really want to push to get some more questions at the end. Um, So we're going to move on for now. Uh, Vision and mission of the church. You have a copy of the, the vision mission motto. Our vision is to be a thriving family in the city where the broken from all nations are made alive and whole, finding hope and purpose in Jesus. Our focus for this year in 2018 will be one family with one voice, so we're kind of we're taking that thriving family concept and, and asking ourselves what's that going to look like in 2018. Uh, in order to be a thriving family, especially in the city, uh, we need to maintain the unity of the body here, especially during this transition, which is going to bring up, I'm sure, all kinds of emotions for us. Um, so it's important for each person to kind of begin to think through that for themselves, their families. One one family with one voice this year, what is that going to look like for you? What's that going to look like for your ministries you're involved in? I'm encouraging, as I do every year, the ministry leaders and the ministry teams to think through maybe one or two goals in 2018 around the idea of one one family being one family this year with one voice. Uh, that's that's a, a, from that Romans 15 passage I uh, preached on not too long ago. And how, how in your ministry will you pursue that this year? So that's what we're encouraging. The elders would like to have some more unity meetings in 2018 with uh, special emphasis in the following areas. We want to continue to talk about race. Uh, we we want to talk about gender and, and also age. The issues of race and gender are in the forefront of our culture these days. Almost daily you're hearing some type of story about race or gender. We believe Christ has equipped his body to speak powerfully into our culture over these areas and these issues, and that a life lived together as God intended it can speak powerfully to our culture, to the pain that is being experienced and some of the confusion The elders are also interested in hearing from our youth and our young adults uh, as we promote unity in our church among Christians from all ages, so keep your ears open for more information on these meetings as we begin to roll them out through this year. Um, If you could put up the slides, we are, as you know, a member of the New City Network, and there are a number of... Of uh, events that they hold throughout the year, we're, we're going to keep working on getting representatives to these meetings. So if we go through those, this one, I doubt will the first one. Do we have? Is it working? It's still not working. Okay. We continue to have um, PowerPoint issues. All right. Well, let me know when that's uh, resolved. The first one is in two days. It's on race and re- reconciliation. So I'm not sure we can attend. There, you got it. All right. Um, I don't think anybody can drop what they're doing and, and head, head uh, to St. Louis in two days. But I wanted to put it up. I just want us to get into the rhythm of the, these new cities. I'm looking for some people to attend next year. Uh, the next one is the M&A Mercy Conference, especially encouraging our deacons to send some representatives in March. The main, the main training they do is urban ministry training, which is a week long in May. Down at New City Fellowship in Chattanooga, that's the one we're really going to push for this year. They're having another music conference in June in Atlanta. They they have their annual leadership development in St. Louis. A lot of these are in St. Louis in August, and then they have a retreat. This is primarily for pastors. Um, it is a cruise. My wife desperately wants to go on a cruise. And he's been trying to get me on a cruise for years. I do not do the ocean, (laughs) although I might take a leap of faith this year. We'll see how God God leads. Um, Maybe, honey, maybe you'll get me on the ocean. I get terribly seasick. So at the end of today's meeting, you're going to hear a number of stories and testimonies from our ministries at New Life. Previous years, we've had ministry leaders come up with reports and give an update to the congregation we put these reports all together we gather them all together and give give you a big packet well some of the people were reading it but many were not it was it was a big intimidating packet Uh, so we streamlined it and what we want to do this today we're going to hear stories and testimonies and then what we're doing is creating a ministry quarter section in that weekly email ministry corner section. We'll highlight one or two ministries every month. We'll give you a snapshot of what's happening and then a link for a more detailed report. That'll give them a chance to do... Uh, these updates and reports are really important, but to get them all at once I think is just a little overwhelming for people. So we're going to stagger them throughout the year. In November, the elders and elders council went on a one-day retreat to talk about small groups at New Life Church. Uh, I don't think it's, pro- it's probably common knowledge that we have struggled with small groups here at our church for a while Uh, but each elder still believes very uh, strongly in the importance of all of us being in small groups so we gave it a lot of attention that weekend and we want to make small groups our second focus for 2018 i've asked scott ashman to come up and share about that and share about what came out of the retreat
5: so as tim said um, we really do think that small groups is Uh, very important Uh, we want to see the number of small groups and the effectiveness of small groups increase in our church Um, we talked about why do we do small groups you know is it just something that people do and uh, one verse Colossians 128 says him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ and that's really the point of small groups is growing in maturity in Christ Um, you know just attending a worship service on Sunday morning Uh, That's great. Um, Having your personal quiet times, Jesus and me, that's great. But we believe that true maturity in Christ also happens within fellowship, where you're really rubbing shoulders and and praying for one another and sharing with one another and uh, challenging one another. So that's uh, really the role of small groups. We see that example in the early church, Acts 2.46. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So you see this this model of uh, meeting together in the temple or the sanctuary, um, but also meeting house to house and day by day. And uh, that's where there's real strength and and there's real um, iron sharpening iron, as as Proverbs says, uh, that has to happen. So uh, as Tim said, our desire is that every member of the church uh, every frequent attender would be part of a small group in one form or another. Uh, there are various forms that they take. We do have something called home groups in our church. Um, a home group is often 8 to 15 people that meet in someone's house um, for Bible study, sharing, uh, prayer, um, life-on-life work. Um, we think, we're not even sure, <laughs> we think there are five active home groups in the church right now there's one in Logan Alney there's one in the northeast there's one in Northwood uh, one in East Oak Lane and one in Lower Alney Um, we might be missing one you know we we were trying to figure out like exactly you know there's some home groups that were what's that yes we know (laughs) yes Um, but you know there's some that that maybe are not as functional as they used to be, so they weren't on the list. Uh, but, you know, that probably includes that probably counts for maybe 50 or 60 people in our congregation, and we're a congregation of over 200, so we do want to see that increase. Um, but there's also other things like ac- accountability groups. An accountability group is maybe two to four people who meet together for, you know, deep sharing and prayer uh, and living life uh, with one another, and we know that that, that uh, meets many needs. There are small groups as part of our men's ministry, our women's ministry, our youth ministry, um, so we don't want to say if you're not in a home group, you're not in a small group. You may certainly be. Um, but um, even with accountability groups and home groups, we feel like there's still not enough groups to really uh, be available to everyone in the congregation. Um, so we, we spent a lot of time talking about this at the elders retreat. Um, I'll be honest, we didn't get where we wanted to go as far as rolling out something new. And part of that is just this is a transition year, and it seems kind of hard to roll out something brand new, a big new uh, initiative um, during this year, at least certainly the earlier part of this year. So, um, but we don't want to put it in the back burner. We think it's important uh, that every person uh, be in this context. So um, we're asking you as a congregation, take initiative yourself. If you look at yourself and say, you know, I'm really not in a small group. Uh, I come to church on Sunday, you know, I have my Jesus and me time, but I'm really not life on life with with another group of people, Uh, we we ask you to take some initiative um, yourself. And that may mean getting involved in an existing home group uh, or some other small accountability group that may exist already. Um, So uh, if you don't know how to do that, contact uh, myself, Pastor Tim, any of the elders, Pastor John. Um, It also might mean taking the initiative and starting your own group. Now that may sound really daunting, um, but as we talked about at the elders retreat, you know, We don't want to say there's one size that fits all. Um, You know, a common thread is that maybe we need to have small groups that aren't a lifetime commitment. Sometimes it feels like if I join that group, I'm going to be there for the rest of my life. You know, how about a group that just meets for four months uh, that has a particular focus? Uh, Some of the group concepts we came up with, connections group, where you just, um, you know, get to know others in the church. You you know, you just, it's a get-to-know-you group where maybe it's not... Uh, heavy-duty Bible study, but it's just really learning about one another. Uh, An affinity group. um, A group that decides that they want to go on hikes together, go bike riding together, um, hang out with kids at the playground together. um, You name it. That doesn't sound real spiritual, but the idea is that that you'd also infuse that time with a time of praying for one another, maybe a short devotion. Uh, And the idea is these groups could meet for four months and say, hey, we're going to just meet for a finite amount of time, and then we're going to stop and decide where we want to go from here, or go with another group. Uh, And then just the idea of a growth group. Get a bunch of people together and study a book of the Bible. Um, You know, don't choose Isaiah, because that will take the rest of your life. But, you know, maybe maybe 1 Thessalonians, or Philippians, or, you know, something like that, uh, where, again, you meet for a few months, and then you're done. And then you can decide, you know, is this helping uh, or not? Um, So to summarize, we want everyone to be involved in a small group. Uh, We're not going to force you to do that but we're encouraging you to do do that Uh, if you need any help getting started uh, just talk to your leadership thanks
0: yeah you can clap you can clap for scott thank you scott all right we're going to hear from our ministry some stories and testimonies casey come on up after Casey, i'm going to have the unbound ministry
7: Good morning, New Life. I'm bringing Christy up, too. Um, Christy is my roommate, but she's also a super volunteer for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, so she's coming to support me as I uh, share with you guys this morning. So for those of you that don't know, um, my name is Casey Ryan Dougherty, and I am the multi-area director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I oversee ministry growth in five counties, Buck's, Chester, Delaware, Montgomery, and Philadelphia County. So I've been with FCA for the last year. Um, A little bit quickly about what we do for those of you that don't know about FCA. So we use sports as a platform to share the gospel. Um, So we're a resource and support ministry that helps move coaches and athletes um, across the faith continuum. And so whether that's sharing the gospel um, with a coach or an athlete for the first time, using the sports narrative, um, to pouring into that coach or athlete who's been a believer for a long time um, and helping them really use their their. Playing field or court as a mission field Um, and we do this in three different ways so we're able to reach coaches and athletes um, on campus so on middle school high school and college campuses through what we call our huddles which are clubs that use a sports narrative um, biblically based uh, sports narrative um, to grow leadership and character skills among coaches and athletes we have summer sports leadership and camps Um, summer sports and leadership camps um, and we partner in the community so we work with community sports organizations to pour into their coaches and their athletes to share the gospel so Briefly, I'll share with you a quick story. Um, We've seen God move in amazing ways in the last year across those five counties. I have tons of stories I could share with you. Um, We had 54 huddles and sent 128 kids and coaches to camp over the last year, which is amazing. Um, But one particular story I want to share with you is about uh, a young man named Isaiah. So we had a chance to meet him um, this past spring. We partnered with some of the Philadelphia Eagles um, in North and in South Philly and Isaiah, and his twin brother, Xavier, came to our huddle. They had had some exposure to the gospel through um, Timoteo, um, but weren't really walking with the Lord. Uh, they think, I think they really just came to meet the Eagles players, and Isaiah told me flat out that he didn't like me because I wouldn't let him take pictures weekly with the Eagles players. So we didn't have a great relationship starting off, but um, Isaiah, you know, he started seeking, and he was paying attention, and through those eight weeks, Um, I think God was really moving in his heart. So we scholarshiped him and his brother to go to camp up at Kutztown University to play football for a week, to get six hours of football training um, and six hours of spiritual training. Um, And so he and his brother, they're from Kensington. Mom and dad um, both were in jail for drug trafficking. Dad is now home. Mom is still in jail. So they have definitely a tough home life. But um, they agreed to go to camp. And Xavier and Isaiah were on board. (laughs) Long story short, Isaiah told me the night before he wasn't going to come to camp. So I put him in contact with his huddle leader, a college um, athlete. The college athlete convinced him to come. So Isaiah showed up to camp, no sneakers, no cleats. Told me he was going to give camp 24 hours. That was it. Miss, 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 you got 24 hours. I'm like, okay, all right, Isaiah, (laughs) great. Um, His uh, mentor from Timoteo went out um, before camp started and bought him new cleats and said, well, Isaiah, you've got to stay the whole week because I just paid for these new cleats. So Isaiah um, starts camp, and I see him in the cafeteria the first night, and he's like, yo, miss, I'm going to find myself a Christian girlfriend. (laughs) Because now there is 650 kids, half of those are girls. I said, I don't know about that, Isaiah. I think you need to keep, you know, you got to work in your relationship with God first before you're going to meet a girl here. So he's already, you know, he's starting to change. His heart's changing a little bit, maybe for the wrong motives, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I see him the next morning, and he's like, Miss, I had, this is after chapel. We have chapel every night. Miss, I had no idea how exciting this was going to be. So he's, he's in. I know he's going to stay for the whole week. He's not going to get picked up. We have an altar call on Wednesday night. So camp starts Monday, altar call Wednesday night. Isaiah is the first kid to the altar to surrender his life to Christ. So that's just a small example of of the ways in which the the God um, moves through FCA. So I just want to thank you guys for partnering with God um, and allowing him to move through FCA and reach coaches and athletes for Christ. So thank you, and go Eagles.
6: Good morning uh, I'm the um, team leader for the Unbound ministry team and uh, you should have heard about Unbound a lot so let me just say that we offer targeted prayer for Christians who struggle in any area of life, whether it's besetting sin or you know feeling bad about yourself or feeling self-righteous that you're so wonderful doesn't matter what it is. we can help you find freedom in Christ. I have um, a testimony here for um, somebody who doesn't belong to New Life. She says, Thank you again for yesterday. God bless your ministry. My heart is grateful for my newfound freedom. Thanks to you both for being vessels for our loving, merciful Father. By the power of his Spirit to break down spiritual walls in my heart, thank you for digging deep during ministry, for I needed to see those places exposed to be truly set free. Um, Two weeks ago, I received an email from a new lifer. These are all unsolicited, and this one says, Last month, I was reflecting back on my last Unbound session nearly a year ago. The freedom I received from praying through some heavy things that day really shaped the last year in profound and beautiful ways for me. So happy to hear that this seminar is happening. She's referring to the one coming up on February 3, to which you are all invited. Please come and bring friends. I'm also the um, team leader for the Sunday morning uh, team, and on Sunday morning, people come up for all different reasons, some because their back hurts, some because they can't get along with their sister, some because, well, who knows why. There's a million reasons why people come up for prayer, and um, we have one testimony
8: So I was just sitting in church, real, and you know, the uh, weekly, you know, and hear the calls come up for prayer. And I've been thinking about that, and I've been thinking about how I just had some struggles sleeping, you know, a couple nights before I couldn't fall asleep, and I was staying awake, and and I didn't really make any connection with what that was. I mean, there's a lot going on, and I thought, "Hmm." and so I just kind of felt this prompting to go up for prayer. I thought, well, you know. Okay, let me go and pray about this. So go up there, and so I went up there with Priscilla, and I just we she just walked me through, you know, praying through um, some, you know, are there burdens that you're carrying? And um, I, as I start, we started praying together. I didn't realize that there were burdens that I was carrying, and I had been really pulling on a weight on myself of trying to, you know, trying to feel like I had to do everything for my kids, for my husband, for just really carrying that burden on myself, and I just as we walked through, I realized that there are a lot of lies that I was believing that I, I was responsible for changing their hearts. I was responsible for, for making things happen. And God really changed my heart to be, and through that prayer to realize that this is not just me being, you know, trying to make things happen and trying to hold things together. And so we got done praying and, you know, Priscilla, we went through and, and there was a lot of lies that I was just believing and i think as christians and being christian for a long time some of those just become assimilated and those and part of my life so i really um felt like i needed that reminder and someone to walk me through to be able to to release me from those and to say that's not who you are that's not who god has designed you to be and those are not things that you should be believing and we got done, and Priscilla said, well, you know, how do you feel? And I, I felt about 30 pounds lighter after that. So um, just wanted to encourage you that if you feel that, and I wasn't even feeling like this was a, a burden throughout the week, but just God laid out my heart just in that moment. So, yeah.
0: Okay, Okay, uh, Guillermo, come on up. And then Lisa for Yes.
9: There's a phone call somewhere there. Hi, my name is Guillermo. I'm from Ecuador. Hi, Guillermo. Hi. Um, Well, we were supposed to share some stories or testimonies about uh, the ministries, Uh, but I think that having an update about the Young Adults Ministry is already a God story and a testimony. So I'm I'm going ahead just with an update. (laughs) Um, We started uh, as a community, or at least with me, in October 2017 with our kickoff bowling night, which was awesome, I think so, I hope so. Cool. (laughs) Cheer me up, please. (laughs) Um, So the approach that we have been using is having an outing or food night uh, at month, and an ongoing Sunday school, uh, studying the book of Genesis, which has been very productive, and I have received very good feedbacks from the young adults. Now, it would be really good if you hear the, app, the feedbacks from, there, from them and not from me. Otherwise, it would sound like I'm boasting about the Sunday School. So you can ask them. Some of them are here. Uh, <laughs> um, blah, blah 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 In November, we had a retreat called Revolution of Love. Uh, the idea, the purpose of this uh, retreat uh, was to study what is love. What is love related to justice and how we can reactively love our community and our, our, our friends? Um, some of the feedbacks were like that they really enjoyed the time, uh, the discussions group, and the time with the leaders. But another story that I have is that I was really doubting that we, will have, we would have enough people coming. Seriously, I was like, probably it will be only me, Seth, Brie, Tim and the other leaders, and that's all. And I was really discouraged. I actually wanted to cancel the retreat. Uh, but my friend Seth encouraged me to believe, and even if it was only five of us, we, could, we would have a good time. So I was praying. I was praying a lot that God would bring people, but I also asked God to bring people that I don't actually know and that I haven't invited. And God did it. So, we had people that i didn't know before, and we had around fifteen people right and it was really cool. we really enjoyed it, and we even pet some goats and it was really nice <laughs> uh, in December. We had our Christmas white elephant evening, which also was awesome and recently we had our kickoff event uh, watching the movie Lord of the Rings: uh, the Fellowship of the Rings of the Ring, and it was also nice um and I'm planning to have uh, next week we will have our game night. So if you are a young adult or you know a young adult that you would like to bring, uh, send him to our game night on the 26th. And I'm really praying to have a missions challenge time uh, with the young adults. So also you can pray for that. And how else you can pray? Pray for our spiritual growth. And also that our ministry keeps growing. Uh, pray for relationships so we can really become a family uh, good friends, and that we can make an impact to other people out of the church. Uh, pray for more people to come, and for all our events, and for this mission project, and thank you very much.
10: Good morning, I'm Lisa Kuzma, I direct on the Christian School uh, morning. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to share something that uh, I find really interesting that the Lord's doing at the school. Uh, More and more I think of my job as um, protecting and caring for the vulnerable and one population of people that I would say are inherently vulnerable are what the scripture calls the aliens but we I think more frequently say immigrants. So in the last um, this school year we have five students who are um, new immigrants have come in the last nine months to the United States, um, two from Colombia, one from Haiti, one from the Philippines, um, and then we just had a student join us last week from Jamaica. Uh, so it's been really interesting um, year to invest in them and to watch them acquire language, to watch them kind of learn American culture. So uh, one of the little girls, Maria, is in kindergarten. Um, She's a perfectionist, so she's learning English, but she won't use it quite as much as the other little guy in kindergarten will. So she comes in right after um, Halloween, and she's not afraid. She just talks to me and everybody in Spanish, and she's, like, happy to try and communicate that way. And so sometimes I can get the gist of what she's talking. Most times I can't. And so I'm like, all right, bud, let's go find Mrs. Bruno, who's bilingual, and see what you need. (laughs) But one of the moms heard me say that. She's like, oh, you know, I can help translate for you. And um, so she did, but basically it was just that Maria loves this country, and she can 't believe that you, in this country you can go up to people 's houses and they will give you candy so she was, like, she was she was like she 's all about America now so, but, um, but I wanted you especially to think and pray with me um, so we 've also had a little girl um, apply from Pakistan, um, so she 's currently living in Pakistan. Her aunt and grandmother are here and I get tricked about this. They're very afraid for her safety. Um, so somebody in their village was recently attacked and raped. The same age as Mihak, and she's also a Christian who was going to Bible City, and she was killed. So they are desperate to get her out of the country, but it's a super complicated. Uh, process well, you know I thought oh sure we can do this you know why not but you know F1 visa and this and that and money and you know it's like a, it's it's challenging um, so but I do feel like you know as a, as a church we pray for the persecuted church and this is the persecuted church knocking on our door and I don't really understand all of what God has with all the immigrants showing up at our door but but I would love to respond well so if you would pray with me especially her name is Mihak, for her safety and if there's a way to bring her to uh, our school in the United States thanks
0: thank you lisa um global missions team i think that's matt is that right and then after matt the after school program
3: morning everybody i'm matt cummings for those of you who don't know me we've been in japan uh, for the last four plus years Uh, serving as missionaries there. And uh, we've been doing church planting the last year and a half or so. And uh, this past summer, uh, you guys sent a team over to help us out. So thank you for that. There were four adults who came and uh, two children. And so, and uh, we've just been looking for help. We're the only uh, people on our team right now. So we're looking for teammates. And so uh, when you guys sent a team, that was a big help. And uh, God actually sent two teams, which I'm not sure if that was a help or exhaustion, but uh, we were thankful for all the help we could get, especially from New Life, who was the first team to come. And uh, so we've been just praying for our area. Uh, We've been trying to see the Lord raise up a church there, but it's one thing to uh, be a church planner. It's another thing to know how to do that. And so we don't exactly know what we're doing all the time. But um, when we moved to Sendai, we didn't make quite as big of a splash as we had hoped, because Sendai is a bigger city, and we did make somewhat of an impact, but they're more used to foreigners there. And so when the team came over, what they helped us do was to m- make more of an impact uh, in our area. And uh, it's kind of like doing a cannonball with five people as opposed to one. And so uh, we made a few more ripples uh, with you guys there, so thank you. And uh, Tim uh, Strapp gave a great testimony at our, at our open house that we have for non-believers once a month. Uh, The ladies, uh, Priscilla and Lisa, led a fantastic women's retreat, cross-denominational, cross-missional retreat uh, for the ladies in Sendai, which helped missionaries who never knew they existed, living in the same area to meet each other. But I wanted to just uh, focus on one thing, which was the um, event that we did at the local community center. And I've been prayer walking this area. There's an area near our house with many apartment buildings, uh, we estimate 50 to 60,000 people in this area, plus the area that we live uh, with about that many churches, uh, zero churches, which is a huge uh, number of people, even for Japan to be unchurched. So there's this one stretch with a ton of apartment buildings, high-rise buildings, tons of people in them, don't know the Lord. And I've just been prayer-walking that area. The Lord put it on my heart to prayer-walk this area from time to time. And uh, as I was doing that, you, you try and follow the spirit in Japan because you don't know what else to do. And uh, I felt a little tug towards a community center. So well, let me try. So I walked up there and said, look, we're having a group from America come over. Are you guys interested? They said, yeah, sure. Tell me, give us some details. So we got a, a date uh, to do a cultural exchange time there for mothers and toddlers. So a bunch of mothers showed up. And uh, I could tell that, it, that something had happened. I didn't know what but I felt sort of this impact uh, in the air. And uh, a few days later, we got a, a, um, a message from one of the mothers who had been there. She said, my name is Yukiko. I want to start a regular uh, mother-toddler time with you guys. I really enjoyed your time. Can we, can we do this on a regular basis? So we did. Uh, she was in charge, which you know we weren't sure how that was going to work out. And it was a bit of a rocky ride. Uh, she had different views about uh, telling the truth than we did. And uh, there were some spats with the, among the, the mothers in the club over who could join and who could not, and that kind of thing. And, but I was a public school teacher, so uh, kind of used to spats. But uh, anyway, uh, we hung in there. And before we left, uh, she had warmed up to us quite a bit. Uh, it was, again, it was kind of a rocky ride even with her. But she had us over for lunch, which is very unusual for Japan. She's poor, she, on the poorer side. She lives in an apartment building. And uh, she also, before we left, the mothers gave us a card that was well. First of all, she took some Christian literature at our Christmas party. She's the only mother who did that, she said she would read it. And they gave us a card that was signed by all the mothers. And I didn't. There was no note from Yukiko. That's weird. I thought you know we had a bit of a relationship. And uh, I looked in afterwards. There was a, she had given us a picture of her and Annette uh, separate from the card. And I looked in the back, and it just said, "I love you, Annette," uh, from Yukiko. And so she really, I think, uh, felt uh, more uh, drawn to us as a result of of meeting her. And we couldn't have done that without the team coming. So thank you for sending them, and thank you for your support. And thank you for supporting JCF. It's a great ministry.
5: I'm going to give a real quick uh, update on the after-school program. Our director, um, Pip, couldn't be here today. Um, But... um, This is actually the 18th year of the after-school program, which is hard to believe. Um, And um, in our marriage... Jean and I, uh, she's usually the optimist, and I'm usually the pessimist. Uh, The after-school program is always the opposite, though. Every year, uh, it seems, Jean will say, this is the year we're not going to be able to open the doors. We don't have staff. We don't have funding, something like that, and every year, God has been faithful, so praise God for that, Um, and uh, this last summer was like the first time in forever that we haven't had to hire a new director or new teachers. The whole staff came back this year, so it was a real blessing. Uh, the, The program has um 30 people in it right now which is i think the largest it's ever been um and um we're just blessed you know pip is a, a wonderful bible teacher as well as he you has know, just a real good way with children uh we saw two of our children baptized this year uh in their churches so that was uh, very encouraging as well um that one of them is samuel who uh, was baptized here at the end of the year so thanks very much for all your support We're going to have
0: Gwen come up for women's ministry, then Shelly for the deacons, and Gina's going to close us out with the children's ministry.
2: Good morning. Um, this is more a testimony of my uh, road in this uh, leading uh, of women's ministry. Last winter, Pam Bryan asked me to be a part of a leadership team uh, to begin doing the book Adorned with, uh, to Minister to the Women of New Life. And the book study um, that took place last summer was very encouraging. And I began to see how the women of New Life are desiring to have more fellowship with other women. I began to pray to see where God would lead. I didn't think I was going to be emotional about this. Um, At the end of the summer, book study. And it was becoming clear that he was calling me into leadership for women's ministry. I took a big step of faith and decided to, um, I, was, I was being prompted by the Holy Spirit to step down from my responsibilities with children's ministry. Um, I had been doing that for a couple of decades and was comfortable there, but God called me out. Um, I'm very excited to see what God is going to do this year as a team and I pray and ponder what God has for the women of our church. This has been an unexpected surprise for me. And an answer to prayer because I've been praying that God would give me an adventure. And I think that this is going to be a really cool adventure. And the confirmation came... um, Last Sunday, I put out an email in December just listing the different things, that, the responsibilities that I've had with children's ministry and asking one or more people to come forward. And then I just didn't do anything more about it. Gina didn't follow up. I didn't follow up. And last Sunday, three people came forward and filled all the spots. So I'm, I'm just excited to see how God God totally did that. The Holy Spirit did that. He didn't need me to do that. He said, I have a plan for you. And this is, um, I'm going to take care of all the details. And so, um, so stay tuned, ladies. Mark uh, February 17th on your calendars for the next women's event. And all I'll say is tapas and hula dancing.
4: Okay, I have a brief story um, about how mercy works, speaking on behalf of the deacons today. um, Mercy is something that should be received and also given. So in 2017, the deacons had an opportunity to help a woman in our church uh, with some practical needs. Um, And then later in the year, she and another woman from church began helping a family from our church that started having some very serious health issues. Um, they came alongside them, they helped them, they love them, every day. Every day they're in contact. Um, and it's really sweet to watch them uh, be involved with their friends, their, their close friends. Um, so in this story, the deacons did what we could do. We gave something to this woman and helped her out. Uh, she was totally surprised by it, and it was really fun to do. I really like to do that. It's so fun. Um, and now these women are helping this family in the ways that they can, uh, in ways the deacons couldn't really do. Like, you know, they're close friends. They have some more time. They're just sensitive people. <laughs> um, and it's, that's what diaconal work is seeing people, knowing people, loving people, coming alongside them. And you see it's done by everybody in the church.
11: I'm going to be trying being be super fast because the kids are waiting. So um, I just want to share a story of three families, and I'm going to be brief about it, but three families from last summer that connected through our nature camp. Um, these three families... All are in different phases of being connected to New Life and our ministries. But what I think is fascinating about these three families is that it is the combination of ministries and teams coming around these three families that has spilled over into what we've been dreaming about for years of having an outreach, having an event, but also having other ministries that are available to help folks. So two of them have enrolled at on a Christian school. One of them came just solely because we were having lunch and breakfast. Um, one of them had already been at new life and got really firmly planted through nature camp. And I would say considers this their church family um, The other one we think came because of a flyer at Annie Elementary. And and so we were encouraged at our ministry community meeting a couple of months ago that contractual ministry, when you just give someone something, it's ministry that's not going to stick. It's not going to win homes and lives and families for Jesus. But when you say to a family, we love you, we want you, you can bring something to us, that changes things. And so I think what happened at Nature Camp was you had children's ministry. You had only Christian school. You had the after-school program. You had the Pray and Go team that was following up on all of these things. And you could see, you know, when Tim said our vision was one family, one voice, to me I saw that family of ministries coming together um, to really love on families and care for them. Kids are connected to family. So children's ministry is truly not just about kids. Um, So... I'm going to plug nature camp because I'm going to, because so we're looking at the week of June 19th. We'd love for you to think about how you can be involved in that, whether it's for one day, whether it's for all week, whether it's being part of the praying go team that meets in the evenings that really goes to follow up with these teams. Thank you for all you've done for children's ministry. I'm glad Glenn shared that because I didn't have
0: time. So
11: thanks guys.
0: Okay. We're going to have, we're going to have to wrap up. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's some more questions regarding the budget. So I would encourage, if you do have questions or anything else, uh, you can pass on. You can get in t- contact with Sue. You can get in contact with me. We'll make sure those questions are answered. Uh, we were working hard to get some time at the end here, but it just didn't work out that way. So let me pray. We'll close our time.